Coming at you from the Steel City, you're listening to Poor Man's Podcast, Pittsburgh's premier comedy podcast. Your weekly dose of humor hosted by Chris Hopper and with a new special guest each week. And here's your host, Chris Hopper. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Poor Man's Podcast Sports Extra. The Sports Guy JP. Sports Guy JP, how are you this week? Uh, I'm excited. You know, finally a uh, two-game lead over 500 and things are trending upwards. So, uh, you know, I- I'm excited to see where they go from here. Uh, hopefully they continue upwards. Uh, 24-17 to 17 victory. 24 points feels like 40 points to the Steelers. <laughs> Yeah, it really does, you know, and three touchdowns from the offense, too, definitely makes it, you know, uh, out of the ordinary, to say the least. I like that. They're like, where did this offensive firepower come from at the end? Because they had, like, a bad, like, Jalen Hurts game. (laughs) Yeah, and, uh, I mean, they got point-off turnovers, like I said, T.J. Watt getting the interception in the red zone. That's not in the red zone. I'm not sure they get a touchdown on that drive. Yeah. But, you know, it set them up for success. And, uh, you know, it, it, it was impressive to see not only three touchdowns, but three uh, rushing touchdowns as well. Yeah. Not that the gameplay was like Jalen Hurts at all. I'm just saying if you saw the box score and saw Kenny Pickett's and Jalen Hurts, you'd be like, oh, that's a good game for one and a bad game for the other. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Pickett was 17-25, which, you know, Completion percentage like that is, you know, out of the ordinary for a guy like him. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, I I think one thing that definitely helped, um, I think I didn't realize how much Deontay Johnson meant to the team uh, until he was gone and then coming back. I feel like it really opened up some field for some of the other guys. Yeah, like they couldn't, you know, just load the box. They really had a threat on the outside. Um, and and but- Najee Harris has looked better for it. Yeah, yeah, and you saw um, Warren and Harris both able to make some plays um, out of the backfield. Not only were they, like, actually running the ball effectively, they were falling forward. I think for two weeks now I've said that. They're not just, you know, getting hit at the line of scrimmage and falling backwards, but they're uh, making plays, you know. They're um, setting up second and sevens rather than second and elevens. And if they're able to stick with that script, they're able to move the ball much more effectively. One thing they absolutely have to change is when they get those long first downs, you can't have a uh, blindside block on somebody and bring it the whole way back. Yeah, and that was the only, I mean, that that was, um, I think, just kind of like a bonehead play. Um, Pickens probably just not clearly aware of the role, and uh, yeah, it cost his team 15 on that one. Um, I'm assuming he probably thought he was coming from the side, but no, when you're coming from behind, you know, player safety, they have to draw a flag that way. Yeah, um, the whole, if you're coming, you got to be, what you have to be facing your goal line kind of you can't be coming back towards your own goal right. to make a block but in addition to that the things that drove me nuts were the taunting penalties on Pickens. he had two and johnson had another one too and uh if that's not in a if sean mcveigh has a timeout in his pocket um and they're able to actually review that first down run by kenny pickett um if there's a chance that there's a challenge or a review he doesn't get that i think that was a bad spot on the ball I thought it was a significantly bad spot. I thought he was like almost at six to a foot, six inches to a foot short. Yeah, he looked well short, and they didn't even uh, 
Oh, and there was a penalty where they uh, were able to offset the Johnson taunting penalty. But if the Rams don't, um, you know, have a mistake on that play where a flag is drawn, Steelers lose that game if they bring it back because of the Johnson taunting after the, you know, first down he had. And it's just, it's stupid, undisciplined play by the wide receivers. And again, it's an ongoing thing. Fortunately, they found a way to win this one. But if you're playing a team, I don't know, maybe like Jacksonville, who we play next week, I don't think you're going to win a football game with those penalties. No, especially going into that team with that. I, I Doug Peterson's, I think, one of the better coaches in the NFL. Trevor Lawrence is one of those um, number one quarterback kind of guys. He's a franchise guy. You know it. It's not one of these guys like Pickett maybe who you're like, oh, is he even good enough to start? Is he a franchise quarterback? Like Lawrence is QB1, no question. And I feel like uh, next I'll week I'm interested. in that tier that's – competing for the number two job in my opinion like the justin herbert level i, I put him above herbert too like i think right that right now this season you could say lamar's two just from this play alone this year but uh yeah i'd, I'd say like you know josh allen joe burrow jalen hurts and uh, i'd put trevor lawrence in that category too yeah he's uh he's uh, you know a lot of uh pedigree a lot of uh hype coming from him coming out of clemson um JP, anything you want to touch on from the Rams game? Well, kind of like I said, I was um, impressed defensively. Again, they um, really limited Cooper Cup. I think they held him to two catches specifically. Yeah, two catches. Yeah, two drops that were bad. Yeah, a couple drops we saw. Um, but even the, the, the other guys outside of Puka Nakua, he, I think part of the game plan was just to limit Cup the whole time. If Puka goes off, let him go off. Um he reeled in eight catches for a buck fifty-four, but outside of that, uh, Tutu Outwell, who's had a pretty solid year, only caught the one pass, which wasn't even targeted to him. It was just you know a play yeah. that the Steelers should have made, where they were out of position and Atwell capitalized on it. That was his lone catch um, for the touchdown. Cup only had two for twenty-nine, and Higby was only held to one catch too for seven yards. Um, you know, just the, the secondary, and I, I didn't like the Joey Porter pick initially, but he's playing. He's when his number is called, he's playing better, just as well as anybody. And uh, I saw something. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know if it was after this game or if it was before that, but it was he played like eighty six snaps in the QB rating against his side is zero or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that I don't know if he's allowed a catch yet. Yeah. Um, Right, yeah, he's just playing, you know, he's the best corner on the field right now. And um, I, I think they got to give him more reps on go through the growing pains, like I said. And, uh, I mean, they did a great job. I mean, one of the best receivers in the league um, this week. I don't, and, under, I don't understand what they're afraid of with him so much. Like, it's not like Levi Wallace is playing at such a high level. They're afraid of the drop-off. Like, there's no mistake Joey Porter Jr. could make that Wallace or Peterson wouldn't get burnt on. Right, I agree. I just like I said, play him and go through the ground pains. I see the same thing with Broderick Jones too. Uh, yeah. Dan Moore was able to play efficient this week, but I think that Jones is the guy you really want to get in there and develop. I don't really see Dan Moore as a premier tackle in this league. If you're drafting, Jones if you're if you're drafting this guy to come in and be your number one pick, it, there's no reason. There's, and it was a perfect situation to put him in. I don't understand even bringing him in. Now that he's already in, unless he does something egregious, there's no reason he should be pulled back out. Right. And it's only impeding his uh, 
you know, rise to the starting role. Um, he played pretty efficient against Baltimore, and I would have kept him in this week. Um, offensive line did a great job. Um, Aaron Donald wasn't very effective this week, and they were able to adapt their um, blocking schemes in the second half to just really, you know, uh, take advantage of the Rams' defense. Um, outside of Puka Nakua, you didn't really see much of anybody from L.A. this week step up. Um, you know, they were able to hold Stafford, who was almost, he only played about 50% of his balls. He had that crucial interception to Watt in the red zone. And I think more specifically, the Steelers were able to pull this out because of, uh, you know, the lack of a kicking game from the Rams. I was going to uh, say. missed an extra point and two field goals. That's... And uh, that was really the difference. You saw it in the game script after he would miss these kicks. Yeah, I, I, I think that's one thing that I haven't even heard a lot of, at least locally in media or nationally, as much from that game. They're they're all seeing the win, kind of talking about the offense and things, but I feel like those missed kicks are kind of a, a big part of that story. And it's almost like another thing going towards the Steelers where it's like everything has to happen the right way. You have to have two defensive mm-hmm. touchdowns or whatever, but they keep finding a way to win, and it's like... <laughs> It almost justifies the way they do things because the ends justify the means kind of thing, but the the means are just stupid more often than not, and then they find themselves, or T.J. Watt puts them in a position. I heard they have like a negative 24-point differential, but they're 4-2 or something. (laughs) That's so bad. Um, That's because they win close games or they're blown out. Right, they have no way blown you out but yeah if you can keep a close game they have a shot um you know they're able to beaten bad teams or quarterbacks i feel like they're just stationary at this point in their careers and uh that's why i actually like pittsburgh's chances this past week um and you know pickens continued to play well johnson filled in tremendously coming back off injury and uh i mean they were the key guys that were able to move the ball and you know get the offense rolling um I think that, um, like I said, I need to clean up the penalties. I'd like to see um, more discipline on that end on Tomlin's behalf. But, you know, I think Canada called a pretty decent game this week, and it's the cleanest the Steelers have looked all season, if I had to give credit where credit's due. Uh, You know, I I didn't think Canada and Pickett necessarily were tremendous, but they were, you know, it wasn't a total disaster. Did you notice how... uh... Canada went out of his way to be excited for the touchdown when they showed him. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that shows that he listens to people then. Yeah. Yeah. He was, um, it was definitely the most excited I've seen. He, he must know something's, um, let's just say he's, he's on thin ice and he's definitely trying to make himself look as good as possible. Well, um, th- they made a big deal about how he seems surprised by Pickett's audible. So I think for every touchdown now, he has to seem super into it. So it seems like he called it. Yeah. I mean, it's fun. It's almost more entertaining to watch him cheer than is to see like Taylor Swift at any of these games. You know, it's, it's just funny watching him, um, like, like, like pretend to celebrate like anything was on him. Like, did you hear Boswell, like in the locker room? Like there's a video that went out where, there's like good win. Canada was like a uh, good game. We got the W or something. And Boswell like says, wasn't because of you. Yeah, I think I did hear that. <laughs> it's, it's just so funny to me. Like that's exactly what it's like when he cheers. He's like, yeah, look what we did. And it's like, dude, you did absolutely nothing. Is Canada almost at the point where everyone hates him so bad that he's less hateable? 
it, or, it's or do you like, still hate you know, him with the same vigor? You almost want to like defend him a bit. Like that's where like, I see a lot of, like Dak Prescott hate this year. Yeah. I've said for years, I feel like he's kind of overrated, but then it became he's overrated to he's the worst. That's how it is with with the Jordan and LeBron stuff. Like I'm not a big LeBron guy, but some of the stuff they come out with with like the Jordan arguments, they're like you guys just hate LeBron James because you want to hate him. Right. Yeah, exactly. And uh, obviously Canada not on the same level as either guy. Yeah, yeah. But but still. I'm saying um, they just have it in their mind. They want to hit. Like, do you think you could either, you could tell the average Yenzer, okay, we could either fire Matt Canada now, and you don't know anything about the incoming offensive coordinator, or Matt Canada will suddenly be a top 10 offensive coordinator. (laughs) <laughs> Would they rather take their chance or just be like, you know what, Matt Canada can be good? I yeah, think even I'll, I'll if something it. changes and Matt Canada somehow clicks, people are still going to be like, nah, it's not because of him. Well, and I don't think it's going to click, weeks. just to be fair, but I think there's zero things Matt Canada can do at this point to, like, no matter what happens, it won't be because of him. Well, yeah, like you saw this week, too, no one, like I said, they called a pretty good offensive and I feel like in the second half of that game in particular, and uh, no one's going to give him credit. Now that's it wasn't like a total beatdown, or you know it wasn't Miami and uh, what they're running by any means. So, but to Canada's credit, like I said, it seemed like it, there was consistency in the play call. It had some rhythm, and um, everyone wants to say it was all Kenny Pickett and George Pickens and all these guys, which they went on executed. But at the same time. It wasn't a total mess. Like I felt like they were pretty comfortable with the way the game was called this week. Yeah, I mean, and let me just say this: so there's there's no uh, uh, confusion about it. I do not think Matt Canada is a good offensive coordinator. I think he's probably the worst, <laughs> and I, right. I don't want him to come back. That being said, I'd still like the offense to be good. So, I mean, I <laughs> I'm cheering for the logo more than the the person. Um, but I do think, I mean, I, I think he's going to be the scapegoat regardless at this point, uh, deserve it or speaking not. Speaking of scapegoats, the reason they got out of this game in the first place, too, was Witherspoon, former Steeler, got called for pass interference. I thought that was a horrible call. And um, it's what set up the Steelers to, you know, kneel the ball and, you know, move the ball um, in that final drive there. They got bailed out by a penalty, which was set up by missed field goals. And, uh, they missed the spot on the picket first down, like I said. They got barreled out here at the end, too. I feel like there's some bad calls at the end of games recently. Or maybe I'm just noticing it more, but it seems like there's been some missed calls that have really affected some outcomes. Yeah, normally I feel like it's them swallowing the whistle and guys getting away with pass interference. But past couple weeks I've seen guys who I feel like haven't interfered and have gotten called. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, unless it's like the uh, the Saints playoff game, who was that, the Saints and the Rams with yeah, that pass interference? Unless it's something like this, I'd rather them just let them play and err on the side of not calling a penalty. But just because when you make the wrong call and call a penalty when there wasn't, it's, it's worse than the other right. way around, I think. I agree 100, percent and uh, I, I don't. I don't even recall Witherspoon getting a hand on. I think it was Johnson or whoever. It was. It was a really horrible missed call, and uh, the league needs to like do something about that because it's not on the players or the teams or the coaches, but that's specifically on you know the officiating. 
Yeah, and then it's like something where it's like, well, under two minutes or or this challenge or this. Like, I think there should be something where it's like, okay, this is so obvious. We got to say something. Have like that that Dean guy in New York just overcalls things. Like, I feel like he was even like, yeah, this shouldn't be past interference. And and it's not like you would need multiple people for multiple games. Like, how many actual situations does it come up in a game? Like maybe uh, two calls where it's like really, really, and that like two is a lot per game. Like you could just have one or even a three guys or you know people whoever it is making an odd number, um, and just you know have somebody else weigh in on it real quick. I mean mm-hmm. every every average gambler out there has twelve TVs going on at once. Somebody in New York or wherever they're doing it can have a a, a board. They could take one one hundredth of Roger Goodell's salary and pay them each three million dollars and they could uh, handle that. But we still see these awful calls. And maybe uh maybe the NFL likes some of the awful calls because now we're talking about them and now the NFL is still on everyone's mind. Yeah. <laughs> They always find a way just to keep it being, you know, the focal point of every conversation. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I would say so. Like they got to, uh, they got to figure something out here. Cause like I, this, I don't like winning that way. Even as a Steeler fan who got bailed out by the call, um, say what you want about like in the Super Bowl, um, with, uh, Kansas city and Philly, it seemed like Bradbury came out and admitted he held, but I feel like just watching it in live action, it didn't seem much like of a foul. And, uh, I, I, I don't know. It just it leaves like a sour taste in your mouth, regardless of who comes out. I, I just I, I don't like close games and these guys battling to the end and it coming down to a flag that you know really shouldn't have been called in the first place. All right, JP, you want to start talking about Jacksonville? Yeah, um, I don't know what it is of Jacksonville, but they just seem to always have Pittsburgh's number. Um, yeah. Since David Garrard and you know back then with MJD and Fred Taylor in the backfield, but now um and even the playoff game a few years ago, who did and Leonard Fournette just shredding them. Who was the corner? Was it Rasheen Mathis or somebody who had the pick six? Was it who came in? Was it Tommy Maddox? There was oh, a yeah, quarterback yeah, that I came in and that. threw a pick six or something. I forgot about that. It's, yeah, remember it's, just, that? it's like snake bitten with Jacksonville. Yeah. Um. No, to be honest, I, I love Trevor Lawrence. I, like I said, I think he's in the conversation of anywhere from five to two, if you want to talk about best quarterbacks in the league. And uh, they got some playmakers. Christian Kirk's coming along nicely as breaking through really as a number one for him. Even though Calvin Ridley's there. Travis Etienne's coming off a couple weeks where he scored multiple touchdowns. And um, Travis Etienne. You know, I think Jacksonville's better than people give him credit for. They're five and two. I think they're. Uh, I heard, I think, like, 13-5 and five in their last 18 games or something. Travis Etienne was drafted right around the same time as uh, Harris, right? Or th- yeah. Or they I were in discussion for being. Draft, uh, yeah. I think it may have been the same draft. As Najee? Yeah. Yeah, because I, th- I thought they were the top two backs, and I thought there was discussion whether Harris or Etienne would be the first. But maybe okay. I'm re- remembering that wrong. Because I, I I thought I remember ETN being on like a uh, a mock draft for the Steelers, and then uh, Harris ended up being there or something. Yeah. But uh, ETN uh, seems to be doing pretty well this year. Yeah, he's he's coming along nicely in this offense. Like you said, Doug Peterson, I think is one of the best coaches in the league, very underrated. And uh, 
I don't know, just, just given the history, um, and I think just they have such they have such better quarterback play than Pittsburgh. I, I give them a slight coaching advantage, um, and I think the quarterback plays just substantially better. Playmakers are, are both their Steelers. I definitely give the edge to on defense and even special teams. Now that Gunnar Oshevsky was released, did you, did you hear that? <laughs> yes. I heard 28 touches and four fumbles. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and don't forget the one touch was a, a toe tapper <laughs> on the <laughs> sideline for one so of the pathetic. worst plays of all time. But no, I, I I hate to say it. I think I think Jacksonville is going to take it this week. I, I really do. I thought the Rams were going to win last week, so who knows? It's in Pittsburgh, correct? I believe the next yes. three games are all home. Mm-hmm. It is. I, I like. I mean, it's, I think Trevor's first exposure to Pittsburgh, if I'm not mistaken. But um, he 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 has some. You know, he he can uh, move the pocket and use his legs to expand plays more than uh, Stafford does at this rate. I I, I like. Uh, Trevor Lawrence have himself a good game against the secondary. I I, think that they'll get a couple, they'll get after him a bit, get get a sack or two from Watt. But um, only way they win is with some ridiculous turnovers that set up short drives. Other than that, I think if Jacksonville plays clean, they'll they'll find a way to win. Yeah, I I agree. But that is kind of the the name of the game, kind of with the Steelers, is you have to play clean. And TJ Watt or Alex Highsmith has been known to force a fumble, or even Watt's pick in the last game was really really nice for somebody that you you know mainly see rushing the quarterback. Um, I I I like Jacksonville. I really hope to see, like we were saying a second ago, more Joey Porter Jr. I really think he needs to be in there more. Uh, I liked Patrick Peterson's signing because I was like, oh, we got a, a veteran guy to be in the locker room. Maybe he should be in the locker room a little more and a little less on the field at this point. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I want to see more Porter. And that um, r- rookie, um, D-, D. Lyman, uh, he, he's played ball too in Cam Hayward's um, absence. Uh, Benton, I think. Yeah, he, him. Um, Herbig had a sack last week too. Um, we haven't seen any... What's his name? Uh, Darnell Washington. Even though everyone was yeah. loving him, out of the they draft. loved him in camp as a blocker. He would he could jump out of the gym, kind of thing. His right. uh, catch well, radius was insane. Well, I guess I mean, isn't he eighty seven? He's a big guy, and he seems like he's not even like he played for a little bit with uh, with Fryermuth out, and I don't think he was even targeted at all. And if he was, I don't remember it. And I don't remember seeing him, like, clearing a hole for anybody or making any right. insane block, you know? Right. I don't know if it's, like, a, if he's not performing in practice or what it is. But, yeah, it's it's strange. Like, everyone was pretty big on him locally. And I know, um, you know, the size coming out of Georgia, everyone was real, you know, excited for it. Um, but I, I, I consider that the other picks so far for where they are drafted to be pretty productive when they get their playing time. It's just... A matter of fact, of getting them out there and let them develop. JP, I'll, just because we were we were talking about Georgia, it makes me think: Who do you think would win in the Southeast Showdown? So the Southeast Showdown is going to be the NFC South All Stars. Okay, so think NFL Street. You got the NFC South. All stars. Okay, so what you have the Saints, the Panthers, the Bucks, and the Falcons, or 
you have the SEC All-Stars. Who do you think wins between the NFC South and the SEC? NFC South would mop the floor with them. Oh, yeah? Yeah, easily. They um, So a few years back when uh, – there was the year Cleveland went defeated – and that was when Nick Saban and Alabama had their, um, you know, uh, dynasty going. They said, what would the spread be if Alabama played the Browns, one of the best college teams and the worst NFL team ever? And they said the Browns would be giving 35 and a half points. 35 and a half. I would take, yeah. I would take Alabama 35 and a half. Over the, the-, the talent in the NFL is substantially better because every single NFL player is an NFL player and not every college player is an NFL player. I agree with that if it's Alabama, but we're saying the entire SEC. Okay, so how many SEC guys get picked in the first round? Six, maybe? Yeah. Okay. Do we get six first round guys against all stars? No. What do you think this spread is? I don't. I don't think the SEC ever wins, but I really don't think it's. As... You're giving me a division all star team, so I'm getting like Chris Olave and Mike Evans and uh, all these guys. It would have to be forty points. About would be my guess. Well, I guess if you are playing the all stars, say you say you have the S. You you have the NFC South round robin. Okay. It's the Falcons, the Panthers, the Saints, the Buccaneers, and the SEC All-Stars. Well, could I argue Bryce Young, who's been one of the worst quarterbacks in the league up to this point, would be an SEC All-Star flying colors, considering he won a Heisman? Yeah, I would th- I would think so. Yeah, so I feel like just the talent level of the NFL is that much better. Do you think in a full season, the SEC All-Stars go defeated against... The, the NFC South, if anyone's still listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like a college all-star team would never beat an NFL team. I don't think so. I think that they might find a way to come close against the uh, Hugh Jackson, Cleveland Browns. <laughs> but yeah, overall, I, I do agree. I, I do There'd agree. There'd be no that... chemistry on an all-star team. Well, it's I'm also saying, like, you're saying that like you're thrown together. I'm saying, okay, you have the all-star team. Say say you have the all-star team from 2019 who's in the NFL now from the SEC. I bet you could field a team of SEC guys. Yeah, it'd be who different. We're all in college at that time. But, yeah, fresh out of college, there, there's no way. Right. So, But if you did take a, a, a random, say, the SEC all-stars from 2017 to 2019, and played them against the Browns from that year, I could see it being uh, close, maybe. I don't know. Well, yeah, if you do it that way. <laughs> I'm sure we could keep turning it until it's uh, completely whatever we want it to be. But Right. Yeah, uh, fresh out of college, no way. Maybe if it's like what you're saying, then you're getting Jamar Chase and your Joe Burrows and all of them. Exactly. Maybe, maybe if you get the right years. then, then mm-hmm. But, but a rookie there. era of all those guys, I would say no. All right. Uh, JP, do you want to make your picks then? Or uh, yeah. do you want to talk any more about Jacksonville? <laughs> no, um, we can go off to the picks. All right, then. Let's start with number one. Number one. And the reason I was able to segue so quickly into it is because I am going to take uh, Jacksonville this week as a pick. Normally, don't pick Steeler games, but this week when I was looking at all the spreads and the teams, I, I do like them. They're minus two and a half heading to Pittsburgh. 
Steelers right now, they're like the opposite of the Dolphins, even though their records are nearly identical. I don't know how, but Steelers, bottom five in passing yards, rushing yards, yards per carry, and passing and rushing touchdowns. Bottom five in every offensive category. Jacksonville, people don't remember, but they're coming off a Thursday break, so they get 10 days rather than a full week, some extra time to prepare. And uh, their defense, believe it or not, is second in interceptions and first in takeaways. And their offense has averaged 29 points in their last four games. All right. Yeah, I think it's going to be a um, relatively close for a minute. And I think Jacksonville pulls away. It comes down to a ridiculous turnover on Pittsburgh's behalf, if anything. But I do like Jacksonville. JP, we were just talking a week ago about Cleveland Browns' defense. They gave up 38 against the Colts and a uh, backup QB, right? <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, Gardner Minshew had him. He turned the ball over, but he had himself a day. Is, if he is, takes out one turnover, they win that game. Is Gardner the best backup quarterback in the last five years? He's one of. I've been a Minshew fan for a while now. Um, I think he is a top-notch backup. Is he the best? Um, I, I don't know. There, there's plenty of capable ones but um he, he's one of the better ones i think i think he's worth stashing on a roster capable of starting yeah i i like him i don't know that i like him to really make a push as like a franchise quarterback but if he has to come in for even four games like i feel pretty confident with him yeah i do too real huh. big on mincha and he's the coolest player in the league <laughs> <laughs> uh who 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 else do you have on that list? Say say three players. Who are the three coolest players on <laughs> uh, Sports Guys JP's there. list? Uh, who else is cool? I like. <laughs> I, I I'm, I'm, I'm a spot. Micah Parsons fan. He's a throwback to me, but I don't know if he's like the coolest. I, Sauce Gardner is pretty cool. How about how about if you had to get a jersey of somebody in the league right now? Who is it? Jersey. I, I, I'm also a George Kittle guy. I, he's um. I love the way he plays the game. Plus, he's like he's like a big like wrestling guy. He's just like funny to me. I'm a kiddo guy too. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say yeah. Plus, like he he's just like he has that the funny look to me. Just the beard and long hair. The whole the whole thing. The whole F Dallas shirt. I like the whole thing. Kittle got going for him. Yeah, uh, Kittle's obviously very uh, entertaining, very outspoken. I don't know who I would – I mean, it would obviously have to go half with the player probably, but half maybe with the uniform. Um, I'm a defensive guy, I think. I don't I don't know where I'd go with because none, none of the safeties or anything in the league. I always was like a, a John Lynch or Brian Dawkins or some guy like that, Troy Paul Marlowe, somebody uh, – defensive back champ Bailey – but like nobody like that really got me now. I mean, TJ Watt is is probably the coolest defensive player in the league, and not to be a homer, but he really is. Yeah, he's um. I, I like Parsons too, just as far as defensive players. Yeah, fan of him and and Watt, um, Bosa brothers. Um, yeah, but like safety's kind of a dying thing. There aren't many hard hitting safeties nowadays. I feel like. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> I'll I'll think about it for a second on that. I'm sure I'll have an answer in a minute. But uh, JP, let's go to number two. All right, number two this week. I'm going to take the Falcons going on the road against the Titans. Uh, Falcons are minus two and a half, and um, I, I'm I'm bigger on Atlanta than a lot of people were. I 
said before the year, and I stand by it, I think they will be a playoff team. Maybe the seventh seed. I don't expect a run, but I think they'll make a push here. And Tennessee, they, they've just been a mess all season. Um, they're looking to trade off some of their guys. Bayard, the safety, was already traded away. Tannehill's going to be out. Um, I think they're going to start Will Levis, I heard. Um, it's either going to be him or uh, Malik Willis. But I'm not really confident either one of them coming in making a start this week. Tennessee's actually last in total touchdowns and they're last in takeaways. Losing a Pro Bowl caliber safety and their starting quarterback's not going to help. And the Falcons um, going against Derrick Henry um, this week, but I know um, their defense is prepared this week because they allow the fewest rushing touchdowns to running backs and only 3.7 yards of carry. Um, not a big Riz, uh, Desmond Ritter fan, but I think he could play efficient enough They'll rely on the run game. Um, Bijan Robinson will be healthy. Um, I know he was dealing with an illness last week. He should be healthy this week, and I'd like Atlanta to win this one cover. All righty. Let's go to – now, JP, I don't know if, if you'll know this. Mark Andrews for the Ravens, he was out for a couple of weeks, wasn't he? Um, the missed time – yeah. This year, I know you did last year. Did you miss any time this year? Okay, I or, or maybe he, maybe I'm losing my mind because I thought that he played and they were like, "This is Mark Andrews' first time of the of the year," um, but he's he's third in the league or fourth in the league in touchdowns. So I was just saying that would be insane. He's fifth in the league, or he has five touchdowns. Tyreek Hill has seven, and then Jordan Addison's actually second yeah. in the league with six. Right he's now. coming along. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't think Andrews has missed time this year. Now that you mentioned that stat to me, maybe he just didn't have a catch in the first game or something. So like, maybe. so he's still. I'm still saying this over the course of four games, which I mean, obviously he played five games, so that does take away from right. it. But he uh, obviously is coming on strong in the second part, or not the second part, but like the the last few games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah, definitely one of the best tight ends in the league. Second in uh, second in the NFL is your boy Stephen Nelson. <laughs> in touchdowns and interceptions, uh, I was like, "Where's this coming from?" <laughs> yeah, he's playing both Mark ways. Came in to <laughs> yeah, no, I was just looking at some some uh, stats, but uh, okay. What are we on? Number three, three. All right, all right. Three. Uh, three this week. They changed the line. It was plus one, but now it's moved to minus one and a half. But I'm going to take the Vikings minus one and a half against the Packers. Um, I guess after the victory over San Fran, people are riding the Vikings a little bit. So I'm going to ride it with them here. Um, the Vikings have actually won three of their last four, despite the lousy start. Packers have only won one of their last four, scoring 20 points or less in all of those. And in those last four games, Jordan Love only has four touchdowns to seven interceptions. And uh, Vikings, you know, that they're coming along this past week um, against San Francisco. They looked much better. Cousins won a primetime game, surprisingly. Uh, Todd Hawkinson and Jordan Addison are stepping up big with Justin Jefferson out. Cousins also in his career has a 3-1 to touchdown to interception ratio versus Green Bay in his career. So I think Minnesota is actually going to pull this one out. Green Bay... They call conservative play game plans with Jordan Love. I think the Vikings will be more prepared and more confident of their quarterback and find a way to pull it out. You know what jersey would be cool, and I, I think it's just because it's going to be on the rise in the next two years, is Aiden Hutchinson. Oh, yeah, H- Hutch. He's, uh, 
you know, outside of like the, the main four pass rushers in this league, he's the next best one, him or Max Crosby. If you take out, you know, Bosa, Parsons, Watt, and Garrett, he's he's the next one in my opinion. He he's another Don't guy me. who I feel like just has some skill. Like uh it wasn't last week, I think it was the week before where he had that interception. Like in the backfield, it was like a screen or something, and like they were supposed to trip him and then roll off him for the screen. And he played the He's running ready. back, and yeah, he played it perfectly. And it was, it, I mean, it was a screen, so it's not like the quarterback was chucking it fifty yards with that speed. But it's not like the quarterback was lobbing it either underhand. Like, right. That's yeah, not was, a lot of time was, to react. Has a way of finding the football all the time. Um, yeah, he was dominant in Michigan, able to stay in his home state. And, you know, it's it's a good story, and he's going to be one of the best players in this league for a while. Yeah, uh, maybe maybe we go that way right now. Um, <laughs> so that, that that's my answer as of now. Although I feel like, and it's not probably good as a Steelers fan, but I feel like a Justin Tucker jersey just because he might be the best <laughs> of all time, and you ran, you rarely see the kicker. You never do, but yeah, Tucker's like the only kicker with credibility to buy a jersey of. <laughs> Not since Mike Vanderjagt. <laughs> that would be a cool one, Tucker. <laughs> All right, <laughs> what are we going with for four? Uh, number four this week, I'm going to take the Bengals against the 49ers. Bengals are plus five and a half. And the reason for that, I think they're coming along here. Burrow looks healthier. T. Higgins should be healthier, too. Um, he's had a slow start to the year, but if they look to take Jamar Chase out of the game, look for him to step up. Um, since he's won three of their last four, and in those four games, Jamar Chase averaged 121.5 yards a game. They're coming off a bye week, and San Fran's coming off a two-game losing streak. And in that two-game streak, Purdy has struggled. He um, They only have 17 points in each loss. And uh, the Bengals, they're just getting better. They have a tough schedule coming up, and they need to take one right here. San Fran's actually b- banged up. Trent Williams missed last week. Fred Warner had an injury. Debo missed. McCaffrey's still dealing with an injury, but he played through it. And, uh, you know, th- they're hurt, and they're going to play hurt. Since he, I think, gets healthier. I think San Fran's a better team, especially at home. But if I'm getting five and a half, I'm going to take them and uh, – Interesting stat, San Francisco is actually the most penalized team in the league, and Cincinnati is actually the least penalized. Oh, wow. <laughs> Cincinnati kind of has a history of de- bad penalties or dumb penalties, uh, especially as the Steelers, so uh, it's weird hearing that. Right, yeah. They're definitely new-look team, not not like the dirty – no, no Burfix and Pac-Mans <laughs> now, but – um. Just guys that are efficient, you know. Um, like I think like uh, Wilson's a very underrated linebacker, and uh, you know Hubbard and uh, Hendrickson off the edge are just are very dynamic duo. It's funny you said perfect because I was looking for a perfect like GIF uh, to, <laughs> to post on a comment. It was uh, your boy. Mr. Big Chest uh, trying to evade <laughs> child support or something, and it was like an AI drawing of him in a Steelers uniform. They pointed out it was him in a Steelers uniform with money running from the mother of his kid, I guess, and it said something <laughs> complaining about child support. And I was just looking for the perfect gift because uh, the CTE is absolutely kicking it. But. Yeah, it's it, it's an ugly situation. Maybe he, pro- definitely the worst CTE in, in sports history. He uh, he's like leaning into it too. He said 
It was hashtag CTE, but then it was catch the energy. (laughs) Who knows? (laughs) That's what CTE was for him. Catch the energy. He is his new trademark. And Seth, thing with Deontay Johnson, when he was out during that stretch, AB could have signed and been the best receiver on the team outside of Pickens. (laughs) Well, oh my God. I'll tell you what. Um, Allen Robinson, I can't believe he was like a pro bowler at one point. Yeah, like. His first couple of years with Blake Bortles as his quarterback, too. <laughs> See, why can't we go? Well, I was going to say, why can't we go back to that Jacksonville team? But they'd still beat the Steelers in a playoff yeah. game. How does he like go from like one of the best with Bortles to pretty good in Chicago to just trash with Stafford and McVay to where he is today? <laughs> On the team. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I mean, I if uh, if they're not going to figure it out in L.A., I don't think they're going to come to Pittsburgh and Matt Canada is going to have the answer. But <laughs> you know what? Maybe two negatives equals a positive or something. JP, He's let me get better numbers here. What? <laughs> let me get your fifth pick because I want to ask you one last question at the end that might take uh, a minute. Sure. Uh, number five, I'm going to take the Patriots against the Dolphins this week strictly because it's nine and a half points. Nine. It was up to ten. I need that as a sound drop. Sorry. <laughs> um, and the division games are always close, and uh, too many points inside a division game. I I got to take New England and Belichick. Um, Miami's defense has actually struggled throughout the year as well. Tua, as everyone knows, is five and zero versus Belichick, but New England has, you know, they, they've really limited his performances. He um, averages under two hundred yards per game against New England. Zero multi-touchdown games, just four touchdowns, three interceptions. And Matt Jones and the Patriots are actually coming off a huge win this week against Buffalo. And I think they're going to just get physical the way Philly did against Miami. And, uh, you know, Miami, they're built for like a track meet, not a street fight, as I've heard. Um, And uh, if New England can control the line of scrimmage on both ends, it'll be more competitive than people think. I think Miami definitely takes it, but I think New England keeps it within a nine and a half point spread. Is Tua better than you thought he would be in the NFL? I I didn't know he had like limitations the way he did, but he it doesn't hold him back. Um, Is that? Do you think that's because of uh, McDaniel's? In a way, but like he won games with Flores, who had no faith in him either. He's a very efficient accurate passer and he could play the pocket he's not um he's you know he's a little undersized and doesn't throw the deep ball particularly well and he has the best receiving duo in the league and a great coach but at the same time when he's been hurt and teddy bridgewater or skylar thompson have come in they've struggled and uh i think it says a lot about the uh like intelligence of tua that he's able to work this offense and, you know, with all the motions and, you know, all all the play calling, he's able to execute at a higher level. And I think he's more like intellectually playing position rather than physically. And um, I don't think many quarterbacks thrive in a system like this if they uh, don't have those intangibles. I was going to say not to compare his gameplay to Tom Brady. And I know that's a big thing to say. And, their draft stock wasn't the same. Tua was obviously drafted a lot higher than Brady, but I, none of them really wowed you with their 
uh, deep ball or or their you know combine kind of stats, but they feel like they just have like a uh, uh, comfortability. And I could see him, you know, following. Obviously, not to the championships like that, but. You say he has the best receiving duo, and he does, but you could also say maybe only five other quarterbacks could come in and also be at the place he's at right now. Right, and I don't think he plays at a high level like anywhere else, maybe like in San Fran or in Miami. I don't really think he goes to like a Tennessee right now. and like I think that they're slightly better, but I don't see them as a real contender, Yeah. whereas he is a real contender in Miami. But I also think, I mean, maybe other than, say, Patrick Mahomes or I would say Joe Burrow, but this year he's not looked great, or say even Josh. If you're not a top three quarterback, I don't see a lot of people going into, say, Tennessee and taking over. Yeah, I mean, they've had success, um, you know, under Vrabel with Tannehill. Um, but well, yeah, that was it, just it, the team you were saying with, with Tua or somebody. Yeah, with Tua. But, yeah, I, I think of Tua – he kind of needs help to be elevated. He's more, he's kind of in like 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 the Dak Prescott category for me. He's kind of anywhere in that like. Do you do you think Dak would be range. as good with Miami as Tua is? Because I think yeah. if Tua went to Dallas, I would I would fear them in the playoffs, and I don't fear the Cowboys in the playoffs with Dak. Yeah, I I, I mean Tua's definitely a more accurate passer and distributor, um, but I, I think Dak's has a little bit more mobility in his game and throws the deep ball a little bit better. I don't think Dak chokes, but I also feel like Tua would find a way to win. Like, I think that was the comparison I was looking for with Brady. And that's a bad comparison because he's the greatest and like, no one's ever going to touch that. (laughs) But it's also like, uh, you don't fear something. Like, I feel like if he would go into a situation like you know, like that. I, I just, I feel like he's like a winner. Yeah. I, I, I think you've seen and that he, from high school won, and college. And yeah, that's what his like forte has been. He just wins football games. And, and I think that's what, what it is. It's like, it's not the combine thing. It's, it's intangibles. Mm-hmm. I and mean, we've seen that with Pickett in the fourth quarter, like, believe it or not, for as much as I like to knock him, he's been good in his fourth quarters. He already has, I think six fourth quarter comebacks. Five or six. I like Pickett. Like, I like him and I want him to do well. I don't think he's like top tier takeover game. Right. Like, or at least the guy that's going to go out and put up the fantasy numbers. But I I do see him making an ugly win in a playoff. Yeah. Finding ways to win against teams that are on their level. I don't really see him beating like a real competitor. Like yeah, I don't see him dueling with yeah. Mahomes or something. Right. But I also could see him not messing it up against Mahomes mm-hmm. and say, hoping TJ Watt well, does something. Um, Purdy right now though, with a two game lot. If we see like more film on this guy, um, Kirk Cousins will be available for trade. I think you could potentially see Kyle Shanahan with the history of Cousins. Maybe the Niners make a move for Cousins in this upcoming week. You like that? Yeah, I would like that a lot. Do you actually <laughs> think that they would they would do that? I feel like if you're doing that, you're completely like you're done on party. Yeah, but are you are you I, I mean, calling it, it on party if you're the Niners and you do that? 
I mean, there, there's limitations to Purdy's game. Um, I think Cousins is better than Purdy. I, I think Cousins gives them a better chance of winning a Super Bowl than Brock Purdy. I agree. But I also feel like that's it's almost the same as um, how the Steelers are with Jones. Um, like, if you're, if you're going to bring him in, I feel like you roll with them. You don't bring them in and take them out and then bring them back. So I think if they do make a move, like you're saying, you're done with with uh, with Purdy. Yeah, I think um, not that like Purdy's an issue necessarily, but if they don't win a Super Bowl, it's not going to be because of the coach, not because of the defense, not because of the playmakers. It's going to be because of the quarterback, I feel like. And I feel like Cousins gives them the best opportunity to win. I think. Do you think Cousin gives them the best chance to win in a playoff game? Are you confident in Cousins in a playoff game? Because he's not that he's necessarily been the problem all the time, but we haven't seen him in a Super Bowl with some pretty decent Vikings teams that have had pretty good records. Yeah, but we we also haven't seen him with maybe the best coach in the league, and with the play. I mean, with George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, and um, Debo, Ayuk, Trent Williams. Uh, in that defense, I feel like that team alone, if you're able to get to Super Bowls of Jimmy Garoppolo and almost of Brock Purdy, you just put Cousins in there. Like They're going to be a better football team, and they'd be a real contender. I I, they, I, I agree and, 100%. Yeah. I'm just I'm just curious to hear what you'd have to say. I, I don't hate Sam Darnold there as a backup either if he was thrusted into the role. I feel like they would be successful. Yeah, I, I think the 49ers are going to be good regardless of who they put in there as long as he's not going to turn the ball over. Um, Sam Darnold always reminds me of Greg Olson. I don't know why. I feel like they look similar. but maybe <laughs> they look just, a little bit alike, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, I just feel like they're like the same character. Um, but I, I can't even remember what I was going to say now. Um I do think this is really funny. This is a complete side note. Was there anything you wanted to end on? Sorry, before I completely change the subject. No, I mean, uh, feel free to take it away. Oh, um, so uh, we were talking about Tua a second ago in my fantasy league. The the commissioner's name is Tua Dem Concussions. Uh, I think that's a pretty solid name. But uh, <laughs> um. Direct, directly to the point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we were talking about jerseys earlier, like who who you would get now. Let's do very quickly, and I know you're a uh, historian of the game, so it shouldn't take too long for you. Well, it wouldn't be hard for you to name people. Maybe it'll be difficult to narrow it down. If you had to get a jersey... It's six different jerseys, one from the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s, and 2020s. Who are you getting from each decade? From each decade. So we're starting with the 60s? Well, if you want to do the 60s, we can do the 60s. I mean, I was just thinking like... If you want your boy Jim Brown. (laughs) Well, if we begin, let's say 70s, and like 60s slash 70s, um, I'm going Joe Namath. Okay, solid, solid That's pick. That's my first pick of an all-time football jersey is Joe Namath. Um, 80s? Now, like, the Steelers were horrible in the 80s. Um, so, like, there's no one... I'm what number was Namath? 12? What was that? Was Namath 12? Yeah. Yeah. 
Namath is one of the coolest players of all time, but almost, but also, as much as I hate to say it, one of the most overrated players of all time. Yeah, at least statistically, <laughs> you, I, I agree. His his swagger is unmatched. Right. And speaking of swagger, so eighties, I would either go McMahon or Boz. <laughs> you go just because I think the, Bosworth is such a cool jersey, and McMahon is also one of my favorites. <laughs> McMahon's cool and has yep. some, uh, at least a championship to show for it, and plays with an iconic team. Bosworth is just funny. What uh, the, yeah, the yeah. fifty-five Seattle? Yeah. This, do you uh, have like, it? Do you have it ripped? A lot of these picks. <laughs> do you have um, the? Like uh, the do you have 90s? the neck ripped? Yeah. <laughs> From the '90s, I've always been a Barry Sanders fan, but I, I would probably go Sanders or uh, or Sanders. I Dion or Barry Sanders for '90s. I definitely as as I either go and like I was saying earlier, I'm, I'm a defensive guy. I either go Dion Sanders. Um, do you do you go Cowboys or or 49ers or Falcons? I would probably go. Hmm. I go Cowboys. I, Cowboys I think probably. Although Forty Niners is kind of cool. I yeah, think. and I think Falcons are kind of cool. Yeah, too, but, uh, yeah. Just anyone but the Ravens. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> the Ravens was in like oh oh one, I think. So maybe you could have both. Yeah, yeah. It would be such a random jersey. Just I don't even remember him playing in Baltimore. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Two thousand. Yeah. So I, so nineties. Yeah, I'd go Dion too. Or uh, or Rod Woodson. Mm-hmm. Rod Woodson would be cool. So Charles Woodson, but I guess that's more 2000. Um, 2000, 2009, I have a couple. Like I have a Priest Holmes and Ricky Williams, who are like two of my favorites. Uh, Ricky Williams is a cool one. Yeah. Those are two of my faves. Um, if I had to get a new one, though, and, and I have a Randy Moss, even though it's a Raider one, disappointingly. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> I would uh, um from that era I I I like TO I would consider getting either TO or it can be one you already have if you okay, if you want to yeah. say if I went different I, I would probably go TO if I had to go go differently um, right. and then like 2009 2010 or or 10 to 20 you said like this past generation, yes. like I said, um, ten to twenty, like, and then you could do current. Current would probably be Kittle or McCaffrey, right? Um, uh-huh. and, uh huh, and probably just like Tom Brady. Like I don't have a Brady jersey, and I'm 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 a Brady guy. He's he's the goat. I would probably say Brady. Yeah, fair, fair answer. Seventies, uh, <laughs> I go. I think I go Larry Zonka. Zonka, that's cool. Yeah, I, I, like there's a lot of seventies I like. Like I, I'd like Dave Casper, any of those Raiders. Yeah, but yeah, Raiders. Joe Namath to me is the one to get. Eighties, dude. LT's pretty sweet. As much LT, as I'm not I, a fan of the Giants, it. LT's sweet. <laughs> cool. I think my linebacker is a little bit better, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah, dude. I, it's hard. I, I was thinking of a couple different guys, but yeah. I considered um, Marino for the eighties too. Oh yeah, Marino's sweet. Uh, but that's kind of homery. Yeah. I, I think the jersey, and I don't think you see Lawrence Taylor jerseys as much as you think you would. Right. I I, I agree. I, I would have considered uh, him too, but to me, J- Jim McMahon's just so cool. <laughs> um, 
90s, I just said Dion. You got to go Dion or Rod Woodson. Uh, 2000s, uh, either Brian Dawkins, as I've said. Uh, Julius Peppers is sweet. Uh, Mike Vick, obviously sweet. Um, even the McNabb. But I, I think I go... Uh, Mike Vick's jersey was sweet. The yeah. seven, just in black or red. Uh, two thousand. Yeah, the whole look of it. Two thousand. Yeah, the yeah, and the whole Michael Vick experience commercial, and not to mention, uh, not everyone remembers this: the coolest football of all time, the five-panel Michael Vick football. Yeah, <laughs> I, I agree that the, the coolest ball um, ever known to man. Including like the glow in the dark ones, <laughs> including the, uh, the 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 Nerf ones that were always the different colors. Uh, the Michael Vick ball specifically, the it had like five panels, right? Yeah, and uh, two were red and three were black, so it was kind of weird. They should have put like a white one in there. Yeah, yeah, they easily yeah. could have done six. And then, I mean, if if we were doing the coolest footballs, this is gonna. Be, uh, I have to do a side note on everything. Uh, Definitely that ball. The glow in the dark, all glow in the dark ball was cool. Uh, although I remember ordering one and they sent me a different one that was like black with glow in the dark lines on it, which was completely <laughs> different. Like, why would you make any of a glow in the dark ball black? Like, the right. whole point of it is to see it. Make it white and glow in the dark, but that's besides the point. Uh, those Nerf balls you were talking about that came in different colors, like the neon ones, the green and the orange, and I think there might have been yellow. If you get those wet, you're going to murder your arm. It's the heaviest thing you'll ever throw. <laughs> or if you get a normal Nerf ball, and I think this is funny because you see it like on a lot of memes, there's literally always a bite taken out of a Nerf ball for some reason. <laughs> there really is. I've never really like would have noticed it, but now that you mention it, yeah, it's always just like in the, in the fat right in the middle. Just I don't know if it's because like a lot of people are catching it from the fat or throwing it from it, but yeah, there's always a chunk. That looks like it's just been. I'm assuming it's not actually bitten out, but it, it looks like it. All right, so 2010s. I might have to kill Mr. Big Chest AB man. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> and jeez, uh, current McCaffrey's pretty sweet. So maybe you go McCaffrey. Or or yeah. Debo, I'm I'm with you for the 49ers. You could take yeah. anybody on the 49ers. I agree. Both or or on their defense, Warner. Yeah, yeah. Or uh, what's his name? Uh, Ofunga. Like the, their whole team is sweet. I think Kyle Uschek's just as cool too. Oh my god! Yeah, Uschek. Uh, yeah. Ayuk, Trent Williams. They're my favorite roster in the NFL. Yeah, well, that's pretty solid. And uh, yeah. Randy Moss is sol- so solid for uh, 2000s, too. But I agree. Ocho Senko would be cool, too. Oh, there's so many. There's so many. Even even guys like um, uh, Peyton Manning or uh, Reggie Wayne or defensive guys. Dwight Freeney. I said Julius Peppers earlier. Jason Taylor. Yeah, Jason Taylor. Javon Curse was sweet. Even Joey Porter, if we had to go local, would be cool. Joey Porter, James Ferrier would be cool. I have an Aaron Smith jersey that's one of my favorites. Ike Taylor, sweet. <laughs> I think Gronk would be pretty cool. Oh, yeah, Gronk would be a good yeah, one. Yeah, there's a bunch. But All right, JP, anything you want to wrap up on? Um, I guess let's hope for the best this week. There's too much. Um, 
playing down to your level of competition like the Steelers do. And uh, they have an easy schedule heading up. So hopefully they can, if they can take care of those, a loss to Jackson, Jacksonville won't be too bad. But if you want to compete with the big boys in this league, now's the week to prove it. Um, Jacksonville will be a playoff team. And if we expect to make a run, we need to beat teams like this. So I hope they can hang in there and find a way to beat a real playoff team. All right, JP, thank you very much. It's always a pleasure to speak with you. Listen to the regular Poor Man's Podcast every Monday, although this Monday coming up, we don't have one. We're taking a break for Halloween. Um, so tune in uh, the following week for that. Tune in every week for Poor Man's Podcast Sports Extra with Sports Guy JP. JP always gives the best picks every week and his five top picks. So... Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all that good stuff. And for Sports Guy JP, I'm Chris. I'm going to say I'm so happy that I was allowed to be part of your day. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. We hope you had a good time. If you did, be sure to subscribe to the show to catch the latest episodes and share with your friends. And if you just can't get enough, follow us on Instagram at Poor Man's Podcast 412, Twitter at Poor Man's Pod 412, and Facebook. This is Pittsburgh's own Poor Man's Podcast signing off. See you next week. In my opinion, that sucked. You play to win the game. You like that? You like that? But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. Straight cash, homie.